I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Mark Packham. Never trust a man in a bum bag. Jay Cross. Hi. And Matthew Knight. Hello there. And on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about our time at the Guitar Show UK in Birmingham. This weekend just gone. And we're going to be taking a load of questions from the Guitar Nerds Facebook group to join the discussion. You can follow the links in the description of this podcast or visit facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds Forum. Now, before we get started, I want to introduce a couple of new patrons that we have had on the Guitar Nerds Patreon uh, thing. You can you can join that as well on <laughs> patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Patreon. You okay? Thing. Yeah, Patreon platform. Patreon. He's tired. He had a long Patreon. day yesterday. Yeah, it was he, had a long day. Day. he had to do a day of, a day of work. I, feel, yeah. I mean, I feel oh, bad for both of you. You had to leave terrible. your house. No, it wasn't that. Mark, it was that I went out after I got back. That was the worst. Where did thing. you go out in Angmering? Oh, I just met Emma at the pub, to oh, be right. honest. But, you know, I needed to let loose. Sure. And they have good deals on. Whiskies. Okay, good to know. And I, I got whiskies as well. I was given whiskies at the guitar show. So, anyway, All I anyway. To do is get home and shower. After yeah. <laughs> <laughs> spending two days at the guitar show, I was like, I feel like I'm unclean. Yeah. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it'll certainly do that. Anyway, I want to introduce our our new uh, patrons. The incredibly named Vincent Swan. That's a real strong good name. name. Yeah, really good name. That's a great name. And then Schultzy. Schultzy's just gone for the one name. Brilliant, um, but, well, but he's also the good. only one name I think. Also isn't good. He? Yeah, no, there are plenty of one one names. Like uh, Will Clare has only got Will down. I had to, you know, hunt to find his surname. The Tone Mob podcast. That's one. Oh yeah, the Tone. Yeah, Blake trying to get us to advertise the Tone Mob podcast no by chance. entering himself as the Tone Mob podcast. No chance. No, we don't. We don't advertise. We don't promote the lesser podcasts on the on this podcast. Anyway. Um, yeah, because there aren't any lesser. No. <laughs> Literally, the bottom don't of get, the barrel. Don't get any lesser barrel, than this, yeah. mate. <laughs> anyway, it was so. It was the uh, the UK guitar show up in Birmingham. I think maybe the first one that you haven't come to, Jay, because you were at a, a wedding this time round. I went to a wedding. Boo. The wedding oh. band. I, I went to a wedding in London, this. and uh, the band. It was a very strange lineup. So there were six people in the band. Right. I look forward to a good wedding band. See yes. what gear they have. They normally have good guitars. Yes, they do normally have good <laughs> guitars or good amps 
Or, you know, just any guitars at all, actually. They're the only people that can afford it. That's the thing. Well, yeah, yeah. that's it. But no, basically, this uh, this wedding band was a drummer. You know, fine. Makes sense. Right. Uh, keyboard player. Yeah, okay. Fine. With two keyboards. Oh, nice. Um, a saxophonist. Lovely. Okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah. And... Um... Oh, mate. He, that's so what you want. They didn't, they didn't play Kenneth. What? I know, I know. The <laughs> whole t- Why else would you have I a saxophone player? The I whole time was I was like, song. he's got... That, he, that geezer is absolutely jonesing for when they play Careless. Is that Careless Whisper? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely jonesing for that. Um, but no, didn't happen. And then three vocalists. No guitar, no bass. It was so weird. What were they doing? Was one of the vocalists like humming the bass line? No, no. The, the keyboard player, the keyboard player was actually fantastic. So the keyboard player was uh, playing keyboard right. with one hand and then playing like bass synth, I guess. Um, one of the vocalists was actually Scatman John. Yeah, skibba dibba dee bup 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 bup. I guess it's but, cheaper to have a keyboard player who's also the bass player, unless he was getting paid what? twice. Yeah, but then you've got there was uh, also three vocalists, oh, yeah. three very different vocalists. Uh, so yeah, no, it was good. It was quite an eclectic. Um, was it like like Black Eyed Peas? Uh, they did they play a Black Eyed Peas song? I feel like they maybe did. I don't know. I, I got right. quite. They played My Humps. So. Uh, don't think so. Uh, did they play um, tonight's going to be a good night? I think they played that song. Yeah. What's that song called? Is uh, that called tonight? Uh, no, it's called da, 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 a good night. Good night. Good that's gonna yeah, be yeah, a yeah. good, good night. Yeah, it's a great song. Tonight's the night. We'll get it up. We'll set the funny. Party, we'll party. it up. Let's set the town. <laughs> Shut it down. Shut it down. Run through the roof. And then we'll do it again. Let's okay, do anyway. it. Anyway. Let's do it. Let's do anyway, it. Anyway. anyway what's uh, that song okay, called? I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> but anyway, uh, basically at one point, I'm not sure exactly how it happened, uh, but... Whether they started, pl- so they started playing some like kind of like drum and bassy type stuff, like you know songs that you know, but they were very right. much like drum and bassy songs. And I don't know whether he was like someone had had a word with the band or what, but my cousin, whose wedding it was, uh, basically his mate just appeared to like get up on stage and get the mic and just started emceeing. Like it was a very like it was a very East End London oh, uh, wow. wedding, which is That's... which is where they're from, and it was uh, yeah, it was it was funny. It was it was it was a good night, really good night. Oh, that's that's one of uh, but well. yeah the and the biggest benefit of it all was um it meant that I had a legitimate excuse not, not to hang to out with you yeah, guys exactly I actually just, I, I I really like the Birmingham Guitar Show I but think you normally have to drive us there and back. I normally have to drive you there and back which, which means you can't drink which means I can't drink um so you know that's fine yeah. but um. Yeah, no, didn't do it. Ah, well, we certainly went. So Matt had already been up, I think, maybe two days previous because it was a Saturday and the Sunday. We only did the Sunday. Matt was already up because obviously he had to build the boss booth. And then me and Mark headed up on the uh, on the Sunday uh, for, for a day of it. Mark, you, you had enough by about three and left, but I stayed for yeah, the, of course. The, the whole thing. Uh, yeah. But um, it was, it was as usual, very good. I like the Birmingham show. Half half because there's a bar, and I, it's important for a guitar show to it's have It's important a bar. for you. Is it? I didn't know there was a bar. <laughs> yeah, there's a bar. Oh, right. Yeah, it was good. Surprisingly expensive, but, you know, whatever. I claim expensive. Uh, that's all you ever spend money on anyway. Exactly. So it's fine. The food menu was exactly the same. Chips, oh, was it uh, samosas? Yeah, curry. curry. Yeah, I mean, it's really <laughs> um, good. But uh, they, they, the line is massive, and they don't inform you that it's cash only until you've got your food. <laughs> Love it. Um, as one of my colleagues found out when he tried to get food for everyone. Oh. <laughs> so, also, especially at an event like that where loads of people are there for business and will yeah. have business cards. Well, I mean, who carries cash anyway? Well, yeah. 
Um, but yes, yeah, so it was a it was a very good show. It was an especially good show this year. I thought there were it was a wonderful turnout by the big brands. There were quite a few exciting products that had you know landed at the start of the year anyway from the big brands that go there, like Orange and Boss. Uh, and 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 reverend i guess as well but also a lot of the smaller brands had some really fantastic stuff and there were a few new brands there and you know sometimes these shows can be a little bit of a repeat year after year with the same people in the same spots but this was a, a really excellent refreshing year um so i guess let's let's go through a few of them and our best bits um from this year's guitar show i guess we started off mark pack and when we turned up we went we went straight over to uh we popped to the fidelity stand first of all didn't yep. we and saw checked out the new um there's a new fidelity with just a neck pickup which is very interesting after releasing the stella rosa which has the um just the, the middle pickup. junior with yeah. just the middle pickup they've now um done a, a jb I think it's a JB, unless it's a double standard. I'm, I'm always unsure which way around that is. With a with a, with just a, a neck pickup P90, and it was uh, that looked fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you know, I kind of feel like if you're going to go for one pickup, put it in the bridge. Well, but Jay and I were talking about this earlier. As we're getting older, we are definitely. I, so I've been saying this for a couple of years, and you keep telling me I'm an idiot. I'm definitely valuing the neck pickup more and more right. on certain yeah. guitars. And we'll talk about it. I guess, when are we going to talk about the guitar that you bought around? Uh, maybe, the... I don't know, maybe next week. Yeah, we'll talk about it next week. Um, neck pickups are all right. Yeah. i tell you what I'm all in for. 2020, yeah. Music Master. That's what I want. Don't, Do you... even, don't even worry about the bridge pickup anymore. Um, yeah, that's cool. I'm excited by that. I think if you have like a thin enough sounding pickup in the neck position, then it's it's kind of suitably clangy. You get kind of a uh, you get the depth that you get from a neck pickup. But if it's if it's single coily enough, then it's still oh, I'm talking about single coil. Yeah, I'm talking about I know, I a single coil. That's what I'm talking about. The, the Music Master has that. It's yeah. a very very sort of you know low output single coil singly sounding pickup in the neck position. That's uh, that's cool. Or maybe a uh, what's the other one? Swinger. Swinger, that was it. I was going to say Marauder. Nope, Marauder that's was no pickups. Yeah, that's got no. Yeah, well, it has actually got three pickups. But right. the Swinger, it, there was there was those swingers that surfaced. That they were Japanese made. They right? were, Japanese yeah, they swingers. were from Japan because um, they did uh, they did the best color in the world. Yeah, shell pink, burgundy mist. Sorry, Ugh. what? Ugh. Anyway, anyway. It's, it's not that good of a color. In fact, no, no, it's only a couple <laughs> of shades away were you, from. Were shell you about pink. to say it's the worst color, Matt? No, actually, I was going to talk about, um, I was on the Reverend website earlier, and they actually have a colour very similar, which looks much better yeah, cool. than what, Burgundy what, Mist. What is their one called? I can't remember. Something. Hmm, Burgundy Bist. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's a colour they use, uh, uh, Reverend use Burgundy Mist quite uh, commonly. It's, it's, it's often uh, a colour available, certainly on a lot of their bases that I've been checking out their um, mulberry mist mulberry mist that was it yeah mulberry mist which is slightly more pink um i think it's very burgundy mist-esque they they do it on there they do a wonderful um single cut um hollow body short scale set neck bass uh which is absolutely fantastic it's like it's called something like the dub master um and it's very cool uh, no one's going to check that for me, so I'll, uh, I'll do that myself. You were typing. Dub King. Thank you very much, Matt. Uh, Dub yeah, the King. Dub King. It's a great cool. looking base as well. It's a fantastic looking base, but yes, they do offer that colour across the board. Anyway, kind of continuing with our with our route round uh, the guitar show, we went over to the Ashdown 
um, basses stand. Yeah. Uh, this year to check out. It's the first time I'd got a chance to check out these new Dan Lackin co-designed basses. So we got to have a bit of a go on those. So we, I demoed the Low Rider. Which I think is you played all of them, didn't you? Fender Bird. Ooh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Ooh. Low Rider is very, very cool. Ooh, Obviously right. massive. Um, yeah. That's a great bass. Very cool. Two it's, eight pole pickups. A little bit too zingy for me. Those. Uh, yeah, those I mean, it's very poles. much sound-wise, it's in Music Man territory, yeah, I guess. Absolutely. It didn't... Um, because when I was at Nam, I played the one that... You played the, the red guy... one that had flats. Yeah. And I can imagine that wicked. would offer it the balance it needs, but with rounds, yeah, it was a, it was a little bit zingy. The uh, the Saint, which is their um, their completely unique shape. Yeah. Yeah, which is... PJ pickup Yeah, I don't really know how to describe it, really. It's kind of like offset... Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a unique body shape, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I quite like it. I think that for me the most impressive was the third one, which was I mean it's just a jazz bass basically. That's right. Um, I think they they called that one the Grail. The okay. Grail was the yeah. Uh, and actually, out of all of them, I thought that sounded the best. But then you know I love Fender basses, so yeah. I prefer that to the Music Man style uh, one that they had. And also, I mean, this is just me, but I don't like PJs and that right. mi- the middle one that you tried. Uh, was PJ. Yeah. And I know you don't have to use the back pickup, but I mean, why even put it there? <laughs> I do like that sound, actually. I think that, that jazz pickup adds uh, adds some clarity to a, an otherwise quite clangy instrument. Yeah. But, but I understand what you know why you wouldn't want one. Yes, the jazz bass style one I thought was fantastic. It very much felt exactly like a Lackland, which were, you know, incredibly high quality excellent you know, jazz and P-style basses yeah, that I guess have certainly it, been incredibly popular in the past. It falls in line with the kind of Skyline series, doesn't it, which exactly. were the lower-end ones of the, the uh, Lakeland basses. And and these are these are Korean-made as well, so they've managed to keep the price down whilst keeping the quality up. So you're looking at, like, in pounds, you're looking at around 900 quid yeah. for, for any of these, which is a great price for something that we know is coming from a wonderful factory and has, you know, someone like Dan Lackin behind them. So they are very cool. It was also interesting to check out the Ant, which was their... The, everyone's getting on this. This was a common theme from this year. Pedal board amplifiers. Oh, I didn't I, even see this. I think we mentioned maybe in Gear of the Year or something that we felt like 2020 was going to be the year for this. But Well, I, I think because of the more. success of, like, the Milkman amp. And, Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and, you know, just the idea of, I guess, kind of digital amps... Digital, like all in one solutions like Helix or whatever, yeah. being able to be pedal board friendly, yeah. that will inevitably lead to people saying, Actually, I really agree, this is very convenient, but what I still want is a valve. Absolutely. The, uh, the thing about bass amps is, like, to be honest, because of the technology they use, that, you know, is, that isn't a pedal board amp, that's a pocket amp. You put uh, it in no, your back pocket. It's, it's pretty, there are, there are two, big. it depends which. So they do do. They do do. They do do. Uh, do do. Uh, they also do a uh, like a, a headphone preamp as well. So I, I hope you're not. Okay. No, no. I'm looking. I'm looking at the yeah, amp. Yeah, but yeah. but oh, okay. the, the thing about bass amps thought. is because the technology is very different to guitar amps, where you know generally people want valves and stuff. I kind of feel like bass heads are small enough that you could sort of put any of them on a pedal board anyway. Like, That's true. What was that? The tiny the Mark Trace bass Elliot. one oh, as well. Right, yeah. the, and the uh, Trace Elliott one's really small as well. The, Elf. the Elf was yeah. the Trace Elliott yeah. one. Yeah. The only problem is obviously the controls are like on the front face rather than <laughs> on the top. Yeah. So I, I can imagine Mark Bass doing one much like this and, and just basically making a little mark but 
the controls they put on the top of it rather Absolutely. than on the front. I thought it was a fantastic idea. The ant had, you know, you had the three band EQ and then they'd added a couple of additional controls. I think there was a mid shift in there and a couple of other basics. So nothing as expansive as like the ABM or um, or Rootmaster series where you've got things like the the Ashdown Octava, the compressor and the the valve driver. It was very basic, but it's two hundred watts, which you know, even though that's we're talking about a solid state two hundred watts, that's still a class D two hundred watts rather. That's a yeah. It's still enough for a small show. Um, it looks super neat. I'm annoyed that I didn't see it at the show. I didn't yeah. even notice it was there. That's how yeah. small it is. Yeah, no, didn't I had, even see it. I had a go on it. I thought it was fantastic. Very okay. cool. Um, but yeah, re- really interesting product. And I saw a few more pedal amps across uh, across the event, which which I guess we'll get to at some point. Now, from there, and this is something, Matt, I think you checked out as well. We Maybe we all checked out together. We went over to the Music Man stand always representing very well because they have such a fantastic range of guitars but of course the one thing that i think caught everyone's eye this time was the pink uh valentine signature indeed yeah um i think it's part of a thing they're doing now where i think every year there's like a couple of new colors come out for all of the models and i think it's i don't know whether it's just for a year only it's not actually showing on their website yet um but yeah i think we talked we did talk about it briefly before a few weeks ago but yeah shell pink and they also had the sunburst one there as well um the nice thing about the shell pink it was it was a very subtle pink um it wasn't totally um over the top but yeah, yeah i actually thought that the sunburst one looked really good just because of the wood they'd used they're obviously using a, a really nice piece of ash yeah it was a lovely a very very it. figured piece of ash uh that looked yeah fantastic. so um yeah it looked amazing it um i actually thought that was kind of almost felt like something they maybe should have done from the beginning because i think it kind of lends itself to that kind of fendery vibe that um you know james valentine was going for when he designed designed the guitar you know it's half telly sort of half three three five yeah um but yeah i mean it, it did look really really good in pink and again you know just great bits of flame maple on the neck just really well built you know it's no change from the normal valentine just apart from uh, from the color but yeah there was a couple of good ones and they had the that crazy new one what was the new one in pink they had the, in there the as well. short scale cutlass with oh just yeah the, uh, with the single coil in the neck and the humbucker in the bridge which looked fantastic we actually disagreed on that a bit matt because i was a massive I, fan of that you were you weren't as into that i am not into that actually uh, but that's uh, absolutely it, what i want is is short scale but you know having you know having those sort of music man looks with a with you know a, a short scale length i thought that was really cool yeah, I, I thought it looked good in pink, but I just, I don't know, the, the kind of offset like look of it with the humbucker in the single coil just didn't really do it for me. Fair enough, fair enough. I, I thought that was, it was incredibly cool. But yeah, it was a great se- selection of stuff from Music Man. Again, like, you know, nothing um, especially new there that we hadn't already seen. A few of the, yeah. the newer things that were announced at NAMM haven't quite landed yeah. over here yet, so we didn't get to see them. I was they very- had the Sabres there, though, um, and I, I actually tried um, I tried one a couple of weeks ago when I was at Rabeer's. They'd, they'd sent him one for review, and I thought it was a great guitar. Um, I thought if you really wanted something different from Music Man, you wanted something with two humbuckers that's a bit rocky, but it's not like the output of the JP or even the um you know the the steve lukather um i thought the sabre was an absolutely killer um guitar to go for yeah yeah it definitely was one thing i was really impressed with there were the new moore pedals 
Um, they're like they're seven series. It was hard to uh, get you away from those. I needed to say bye to you when I was going. You were yeah. just like buried in the uh, Moore demo. Yeah, that's right. They had a little pedal board together of the new series, and this was the best idea, I think, that Moore have had in a while. Because obviously, when the GE300 came out, and the GE300 was their version of the the, the Moore Helix, essentially, the one thing that Moore had done with the GE300, which was different from all the other big multi-effect amp solutions, um, was they had that synthesizer. Yeah. They had the, the, that wasn't imitating anything. It was just, here are all your basic bits of a synthesizer. Now you can use this to build any sound through the various oscillators and envelopes. Yeah. They have now parted up bits of the GE300 onto individual micro pedals, including a synth pedal, which they've done, which is capable of... And these were fantastic. So each of these mini pedals has... And they're called, like, you know, there's the... The E7, which is the synth, the R7, which is the reverb, the D7, which is the, the delay. Now, the E7, reason- ambience. Yeah. Uh, I was just having a look at these. So I these appear to have totally passed me. Sorry, Joe, to cut no, 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 go for it. But these appear to have totally um, yeah. slipped by me. I, I, sort of, I just felt- having a look. The, the E7 came out in October. Yeah, I felt I felt really bad because I was sort of like, oh, these pedals, these new pedals are great. <laughs> and they, I'm sure they were they very were much our- like, these aren't new. <laughs> so, just oh. didn't we talk about their tone capture? Pedal so, no, we t- we talked about ago. that on uh, uh, was it on the pedal or no? Because the amp, the new amp, does that. I yeah. think. Yeah. Oh the, god. Yeah, because obviously that one of their mini ones is it captures the sound of the guitar, so it's supposed to do what the Kemper does, but for for guitars. guitars. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that you, mean, could, you could get a, you could get a telly, but then play yeah. a. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm, I'm I mean, I've, I've watched a few of the reviews and. I don't think it works particularly well. Um, but I like the idea that they've done for things like the E7. You know, um, a synthesizer obviously doesn't need a special pickup, but you can have pre um, presets on it. Yeah, these um, were with the size. I thought that was pretty cool. These were very good. The reason they've gone for the suffix of seven on these pedals is that down the side of this mini pedal is seven tiny little buttons, and they are seven presets for each of the oh, pedals. Oh yeah, weird. Yeah, fantastic. But the thing is, if that you've got something on there that you're not a big fan of, you can hit that save button on there on whatever you've made and save it over the presets. So you've got the ability to. Admittedly, you need obviously your thumb to get down there to to flick through um, the you know any of the presets, but uh, you can essentially save seven of your own completely unique sounds onto I like that. Uh, so just having a look on the A7, um, and there are there's only so there's only five controls. So you've got the save button, and then there's five controls. So you've got mix, decay, tone, X, which I assume is a parameter that varies depending on which. No, no, it can't because it's. It might be a crossover. What between? Or it might be that that button's redundant. You know. No, like no, no, no. X, yeah, don't X, use it. And then, and then the other, the other, the other control is chaos. Oh, so, no. so it sounds wicked. Fantastic. And I thought these pedals sounded absolutely brilliant, just sort of out of the box, like, you know, just sort of flicking through the presets and trying to make weird sounds. The synth was great. The reverb pedal I had lots of fun on. It, you know, you had all, all the sort of uh, shimmery, you know, big expansive sounds, which was which was wonderful in in such a tiny unit for less than a hundred pounds. I thought was uh, was really good. I was just really impressed with that range. What that was a a lot of features to get into a small pedal for not a lot of dosh. So very, yeah, they're like cool. less than hundred quid. Yeah, seems pretty good. Yeah, really cool products. Now from there, Matt, we went and checked out um, uh, Viewer and Saku guitars. Um, again, 
uh, yes, which uh, which which we have done before, and you you certainly you met them at Nam. Yeah, I just wanted to introduce you to um, to them. Obviously, I've been speaking to them at every sort of um, guitar show. That I, well, I met them at Fuzz Show last year. Fuzz, that was it. Uh, in in Gothenburg, then we were at Guitar Summit together, and then um, yeah, then at Birmingham and. They did have a guitar at Nam. Um, they donated or they worked with TV Jones yeah, yeah. Um, to do a guitar, and uh, yeah, it was cool. He'd um, so he's got one dealer in the UK, and that's Coda Music, uh, and they've got a few of his guitars in stock. So they um, he went and picked them up and had them on display there. Yeah. Um, and they were cool to finally see because obviously when I met him at Fuzz, I was like, "Oh, have you ever built a pink guitar?" And he said, "No." And I said, "Oh, oh you yeah. should really build a pink one because pink is clearly the best and most ultimate color." <laughs> most um, ultimate. Yep. <laughs> and um, he did. He built one for Code of Music, and he was like, "You need to go and check it out." And then he brought it to the show, so we got to play it, and it was great. It had a really kind of um, like thick kind of like fifties Teddy style neck. It felt it almost felt like playing a Baja. But it had a uh, a humbucker and then a, a single coil in it. Yeah. Um, it, no, sorry, sorry, a P90 in the neck and then a single coil in the bridge. But yeah, it, it was just you know great, and it was cool to see his sort of take on like an offset design. But obviously that German carve looked wicked. Well, that's it. I mean, to a listener who hasn't seen a Virensaku, they uh, yeah they are um, offset. Um, I guess side of kind of mini Jaguar shapes, but then they have a very deep German carve in them. And normally, not the case on the pink one, but they also have binding um, after the German carve. So incredibly... Is the uh, is the binding detailed. on the top or the bottom of the carve? So it's German carve, binding, and then the rest of the finish. Um, so it, it, it's not it, it's not bound. It's the, no, the, the German pink one, carve. Yeah, the pink one's not bound. But, but normally they would have... There would be a line of binding after the German carve. What do you mean? You mean so it goes down and after the transition? If you're looking at the top of the guitar, yeah. After the transition, yeah. It's bound around bound. that. Okay, yeah, gotcha. that's right. Yeah, the pink one certainly wasn't, but they had a, another one which was my favourite that was there that had an even thicker neck than the uh, than than the pink fella. There was a uh, a green one with a gorgeous um, uh, sort of uh, brown uh, binding after the carve. Um, Joe, did you know they do bases? I'm yes, yes, I do know right that now. they do bases. They do a base in the in the same shape. They do also do some flat finish. It's not always with a German carve, but yeah, certainly this, the, the ones that are most uh, most memorable. Uh, and they do a base in both both shapes. As yeah, well. this this one I'm looking at now is kind of like more Reverend esque. There, there. Yeah, I mean, this one actually doesn't look that far off like a jazz, but instead of the top horn being kind of extended, it's kind of stubby almost, yeah. almost like a. It looks like a telly, actually. Right. That the um, the top where the top horn would be is actually like a uh, yeah. It, it is like a kind of telly uh, top horn instead. Um, so yeah, the bass looks really cool. Single pickup. I'm all about that. They're just like yeah, we we could do a jazz and it, they could have two pickups or just one pickup in the middle. Much Superfluous. Better. Yeah, Indeed. yeah. Just the the old 51p bass pickup makes an appearance in the in a lot of the basses. Yeah. Um yeah, they they were absolutely super cool. The 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 one I said was like an army drab green was actually painted with an actual um tin of of real Swiss army paint that uh that Saku had um, obtained to to finish the guitar in some of their stuff looks amazing i'm just on the site now i know we talked about their stuff before but they do those um 
kind of Jaguar style guitars that have the controls on the bridge yeah. itself. Yeah. Well, that's they they've certainly they they built a fuzz into the uh, into the bridge. You right. Know, got of, it. Of one of the, yeah, so yeah, I yeah. think the one maybe you're looking at the one that has a built-in fuzz. There's in a that few position. actually. There's it looks like there's a few guitars that they've done it on. It's uh, yeah, it all looks super cool. Yeah, they were they were very cool indeed. This episode of Guitar Nerds is brought to you by Shergold Guitars and their latest electric guitar, The Provocateur. Celebrated by Total Guitar Magazine as one of the most refined single cuts on the market with endlessly satisfying playability and a flawless set of tones. The Shergold Provocateur combines remarkable specification with a retro vibe for a unique and bona fide rock guitar. From the brand that once powered the likes of Joy Division and is now championed by modern guitar pioneers and so I watch you from afar and many others comes a fresh and exciting range of electric guitars designed by legendary British guitar luthier Patrick James Eggle and featuring a roasted mahogany neck and a solid mahogany body loaded with USA made Seymour Duncan pickups it's easy to see why Guitarist Magazine officially voted the provocateur one of the best electrics of 2019 you can find your nearest Shergold dealer at shergoldguitars.com. And if you're not in the UK, don't fear. Many UK-based Shergold dealers have super awesome international shipping options to guarantee your Shergold will make it to you in the most far-flung of places. Proudly stand out from the crowd and discover yours today at shergoldguitars.com. Shergold Guitars. Be your own original. And the other thing that we checked out alongside the Viren Saku guitars was the uh, was the the Greuter Greuter. We just I think we just decided it's Greuter Greuter um, uh, effects uh, that we're displaying with uh, Viren Saku, and they were absolutely fantastic. Matt, you've actually got a fuzz by them already. Yes, yes, I have a couple actually, uh, which we talked about. One I got um, at Fuzz guitar show and then one i got at guitar summit and uh while i was there i tried out the uh the wah pedal which is awesome and um he had one on display and for demo um at the show and it's really good it's a, just a really really well voiced wah um it's just really vocal it's it's really punchy when you use it with drive and it works really well with um with fuzz and the one that he had on display was wicked because it was relict it was a relict wah it was very cool um, and he actually, he's um, he's not actually making many of the wars at the moment. He's but he's going down to the point where he's actually making the enclosures himself. Oh, really? Um, they looked yes. very Jim Dumloppy. The uh, enclosures. Yeah, I think he said he'd enclosures. been sourcing a few of those, and he couldn't get the the ones that he wanted. So he was looking at sort of trying to produce his own one. So um, he had them on display, and he was I think he was taking orders, but you couldn't actually buy one of the ones there because they're his sort of own demo ones. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really great pedal with some really really good tweaks on it. I mean, everything he makes is. Um, amazing! I've really, really fallen in love with his sort of Univibe style pedal. Yeah, um, because well, it's got an onboard gain control, so it's got kind of you can really like, you know, push a little bit of output, run it at the front, and actually use it to boost other drive pedals as well. More importantly, Matt, where cool. is that onboard gain control? On the side. On the side. But so you can... two controls on the side, two controls. But on the, it's a uh, huge knob. Yeah. So the pedal so you itself can roll is... it with your foot. Well, I guess you whilst could. Whilst you're playing. I assume that's the point of it. I think It doesn't make it particularly pedalboard friendly. No. Well, I suppose it'll be this likely to be first, so it'd probably be all right. But, but, but 
it yeah. make, it means it's it means they do it so that you can control I guess you it. could roll it but you, you just got to play barefoot and then just wedge your big toe in there and yeah there, it's still the fiddle with the knob there are two controls there on the side so it'd be difficult to sort of isolate between the two so maybe it's just aesthetic but I guess you could are get you not to... dexterous enough for your toes yeah I guess you'd Mate, have you to, need to be barefoot wouldn't you very much no, so no just I wear webbed shoes ah webbed shoes that's the answer those shoes with toes yeah so that's absolutely not y- the same thing is y- it y- yeah yeah aren't they Toe shoes, toe, toe shoes. shoes. I That's wear, what you I wear. wear toe shoes. Yeah, of course yeah, yeah. you do. Toe shoes, but yes, the uh, because the, because the knobs are so big on the on the side of the vibe pedal, they have to make the pedal itself really deep. So it's it was like the deepest pedal. It was like a flan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just a quiche. Yeah, it was like a quiche. It was it was just really deep. I mean, we, I was taking pictures of just how deep that pedal was. Matt I was getting you to hold it. <laughs> so that sounded I just I just switched off and switched in a bit to that and it was like just got you to hold it it was really <laughs> whoa but yes the, um, the the vibe pedal was brilliant an incredibly unique enclosure I think yeah yeah it's um I th- everything he it's de- he's definitely one of those sort of for me at the moment he's kind of underrated brand um that doesn't have doesn't have any distribution in um in the UK, um, I think you can only really find them as only a couple of dealers out there, and he's based in Switzerland. Um, so, and actually, I think even at the moment, he's just taking orders over email. Um, I mean, obviously, we were talking about Dan Drive pedals where he just takes orders over Instagram. So, um, I'm sure it's no problem for uh, some people out there, but yeah, definitely worth checking out. There's a few demos out there, but. He really goes, uh, really goes to town with circuit designs and a whole range of pink pedals as well. Yes, yes. He, uh, he had less of the rainbow um, at Birmingham, um, just because I think it was a little bit difficult for him to fly it all in from uh, from Switzerland. But yeah, at, um, big big taxes on some... rainbows. Yeah. Um, well, UK. I think um, the difficult thing is getting anything out of Switzerland, actually. But um, the um, at uh, Guitar Summit, he had a whole a whole rainbow. I think he had 150 pedals there in um, all the colours of the rainbow, including he does stuff in gold leaf. 150 as well, pedals. Mm-hmm. Crikey. Well, he makes about eight different models, but it, it had multiples of um, those. Yeah, it was certainly a very colourful display. Um, but yeah, really, really cool pedals from Goiter is um, definitely listener, check them out um, if you can. Uh, yeah, there was a they were incredibly cool. Now we went over to James's home of tone as well. The stand of James's home of tone, probably the coolest guitar shop in the in the UK at the moment. I uh, I couldn't even get there. I wasn't with you guys at that point. I couldn't get to the stand because there were so many people. Yeah, around it. I couldn't even. I couldn't get near it. it incredibly busy. It was a really good looking booth. I think one of the best looking booths of the uh, the entire show, actually. Yeah, really nice. And he always has that kind of uh, almost sort of living room vibe to it. I, uh, I like Literally it a lot. Literally, it's home of tone. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there were there were a lot of things there. Now you actually bought something from the uh, from the James's home of tone stand, Matthew Knight. I did. I bought a Mother Mary strap straight out of St. Louis um in the usa and um it's basically made out of an old grandma's curtain um (laughs) it was uh it was brilliant it was um it was yeah i just saw it and i was like that would look great on a pink guitar and i just went back and i bought it they're really really well built straps unfortunately uh not one for jay or 
Joe um, because they are meat. leather. No. Yeah, no, I, I, I follow them on Instagram because uh, I really like their the stuff that they do. Yeah, they look fantastic. Yeah, yeah, they they do some really cool stuff. But yes, James's just, home just a shame they're not very. James's Homotone do actually do a range of cork straps as well. I can't remember the the brand of straps they cork. do. Blimey. Yeah, they're cork. Some vegan friendly cork straps. The entire strap nice. made out of cork. Yes, yes. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like the sort of weird excuse you you would come up with. Like Emma goes away for a weekend and she comes home and she's like, Joe, why is there wine bottles everywhere? And you're just like. I've been make I've been making straps, love. <laughs> been ma- I've been making straps. Right, I don't think I'd be can that I, drunk. Oh, well, I wouldn't I, need that many I, corks. Can I see them? No. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't need that many corks for the length of strap that I uh, require. But, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I wanted to buy one of the cork straps, but the shortest they'll go is forty-two inches, and I'm afraid I need thirty-nine. <laughs> so, Such uh, an idiot! I hate you. So, um, but uh, just if you haven't seen them, I was going to say, if you haven't seen them, the actual Mother Mary straps, they've got a reverb page and every single strap is amazing. Yeah. Um, including the one that's made out of cat prints. Um, so it's just pictures of cats, which is really good. I'm um, in. But a lot I'm of in. Look Where like do I find awesome, it? Sh- awesome shirts. <laughs> Looks like someone's, um, you know, got some sort of like lumberjack shirts. There's some sort of neon splatter ones. They're really good. They're, yeah, they're really, cool really good straps. They looked awesome but the the floral ones were um class and i think they actually do a tropical floral one looks like an old hawaiian shirt i'm just like one of them all yeah just gonna have to re- slowly replace all of my straps with very these ones. i've gone with cream straps for years and because i'm just like ah oh, cream goes everything now cream, like, see no. cream's too difficult for me because i definitely spill guinness on it mm. <laughs> i only like black straps all right, goth. No, you you need to go. You need to go to Mother Mary. Black got, strap molasses. They are much better. Yeah, you can get one called Third Grade Picture Day, which is, I assume, like made of a shirt that a child might wear on Third Grade Picture Day. Um, yeah, they've got some. Uh, they've got some pretty esoteric stuff. Yeah, they're very cool and very much the sort of thing that you expect to see at James's home of Dawn. He has a James has a, a, an acute ability for finding kind of the weirdest most high quality stuff in the guitar world. Like there's always odd stuff, but it's always incredibly artisan all the all the stuff that he, yeah. he gets. And speaking of which, my favorite thing Almost my favourite thing at the show, but not quite because there was something we'll talk about later that was my favourite thing at the show, but almost my favourite thing at the show were the millimetric guitars that James's Home of Tony yeah. have. And it was my first time getting to really spend some time with a millimetric guitar. We've, I think we've seen them before. I can't remember if we have. Maybe it's my first time seeing a millimetric guitar and playing them. But James brought his own, which is uh, in a in a kind of a metallic copper um, sort of finish, and uh, and there was also the black single cut with the gold lipstick style pickups in there. And my goodness, it was one of the best guitars I've ever played. It was one of my favourite ex- playing experiences. You know that it was an absolutely wonderful guitar. Um, it, the attention to detail and the build quality is like nothing else. I've never seen anything built to such a high quality as the millimetric guitars. Uh, can I please they, ask the important question the question on everyone's lips yeah did you see the case i did see the case they did bring a case it was fantastic so so listener if if you've not heard us talk about it before millimetric guitars have their cases uh made by a uh a gun case maker so these uh so so 
guns, I guess, come in big, deep cases that have the the kind of the the insides cut out around specifically around the shape of the guitar for it to drop in perfectly. Um, and this very much has that for the millimetric for for the guitars. And oh, it's just it was the perfect case for it because it was minimal, but you know, uh, incredibly high quality and it just suited the guitar down to the ground. So a very, very cool sort of case to, to match the guitar. But awesome in- instruments. I love them. I love the the Perspex control panel on the back so that you can see through into that control cavity. Um, the way the neck runs the whole way down into the, into the body and you can see the bolt joint from the back. Um, just, you know, everything from the grain of the wood to the incredibly unique monorail bridge pieces, the... Um, the the type of knobs they're using and the the pickups like nothing that you'd ever seen before sort of lipstick pickups in in sort of strangely large cylindrical covers yeah uh, in kind of a dirty gold very cool yeah I just um, as soon as I played it I was like you can just it it was a really resonant guitar it just sounded really good yeah. like unplugged weighed nothing uh, yeah it was really light and it just it just the set was great you know it had that real it just it, it's almost it just had a it was just a really refreshing guitar to play i know it sounds weird but considering just you know how many guitars you can play that all feel relatively similar like this one felt like in a total league of its own and i just love the way that they just look different to anything else yeah um and actually really reasonably priced i think they start at two and a half grand depending on what court sort of um spec you want but yeah. i think you can have sort of pretty much anything but i was like these are great these are yeah absolutely well worth checking out um and if you can't check one out then just buy one on yeah, yeah buy, buy one that's it we've spoken about them before they do a range of shapes but um uh my favorite one is the the double cut they do where all the controls and the input jack run completely down the middle of the guitar making it an ambidextrous instrument that can be strung either way which yeah. is very 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 cool Forwards or backwards? Yes, forwards or backwards. But they Front were, they were top wise. and always turning. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> but yes, they certainly. It was one of my favourite things there. Uh, so from there, we then Twirling. we then went over Something to like the uh, we went to the Reverend stand, Mark and We'd, Matt, which where we had yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, for me, uh, best looking stand of the uh, event. I Just, mean, probably the most amount of guitars of any stand at the event. Yeah, I mean, in terms of when I say best looking stand, actually, James's home of tone, and also shout out to Fidelity for both bringing items along that seem to be from their living rooms to just make it. And I, when I spoke to Matt from Fidelity, he did say, yes, this armchair on the stand is literally from my living room and I've brought it to the show. Um, and uh, But in terms of the actual, you know, products on display you know how many uh, how many guitars were there from reverend maybe Probably 30 50. or 40 yeah, yeah 40 maybe yeah, um, a lot. and they're just such Sorry. great looking guitars he had 40 guitars like that, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think he had more than that i think they bought almost everything they have in stock it was so, so reverend so reverend sorry i thought you i thought you were think... talking about fidelity oh no no no, like... no 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 <laughs> matt has made um, 40 guitars no, he had four guitars right, with okay. <laughs> sorry um, so Reverend obviously weren't there as the brand necessarily. It was Reverend with Merchant City Music, who obviously um, we've spoke about before, store based in Glasgow. They are the largest Reverend dealer in the world. Um, and yeah, they bought pretty much their entire shop down with them. When I was talking to Richard, the owner, he was like, we basically didn't leave anything in the shop. And they'd bought multiples 
um, of those. And they were literally, every time I turned around, because um, they were sharing, they were next to us, they were selling one or two guitars. Um, they probably did I mean, one of the best out of the, uh, yeah. of the entire they show. They were doing show prices across the board on all of their guitars. And I couldn't believe the, like, you were looking at, you know, we we were looking at one of those, um, the pink single pickup um, like talk guard things that Matt, you actually ended up uh, uh, getting. Um, they were going for something something like six nine nine. Yeah, well, it's that's just... their normal price. Oh, is it? That's their normal price. Yeah. So, I mean, everything that they had on oh, you got everything they off, had mate. on display, yeah. <laughs> um, everything they had on display was at their their shop prices and then um, i'm guessing they were doing some deals they did a deal for one of the guys that i work with one of the guys that i work with bought um the um three p90 um, oh yes absolutely charger charger 390 i think yes he's, that's what he it's called. one of those they did him a, a great deal on uh on that um and yeah when i so when we when we got there and i said hello to richard because we, we've obviously spoke to him before they helped us out when we did the billy corgan which was a number of years ago now when we reviewed that and um yeah they were like they asked oh, have you have you got the foam shrimp pink guitar here and it had the, th- the three p90s they had them in um they'd done some in blue and then they just kept pulling out all these guitars then they pulled out the the Matt West signature, which I don't know if we ever spoke about when it was uh, when it was actually launched. Um, but this is a single P ninety guitar with a Wilkinson trem. Now that usually comes in powder yellow or midnight black, but they had a shell pink one there or a foam shrimp pink, should I say, one there, which the specs were slightly different, and I think that's because uh, Merchant City also can spec their own guitars. Um, and they'd spec that particular one with a Palfaro fretboard. Um, so it was a dark roasted maple, because a lot of people thought it was rosewood, but it's actually dark roasted maple with a Palfaro fretboard and a really high output P90. Um, and it was just, I was, oh, I've just got to try it. And we, I was demoing the Wazarez all weekend and ended up using it solidly for basically every single demo for two days. Um, and then at the end of it, I was just like, well, it's just my guitar now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> just, just gotta have it. Um, it was great. I mean, you know, and I, I restrung it today because it definitely. I thought probably we should re- restring it. It's been played by a lot of people over the weekend, and um, just spec wise, you just forget how good they are for the money. What was interesting was um, my colleague. Mark, who um, he only plays Music Man guitars, and he sort of was playing. Oh, it feels like a Music Man. You know, it's got that sort of same satin finish. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Almost like gunstock oil finished neck. Um, and he played it for piss. Oh, this guitar's amazing. And I was like, yeah, it's not bad for 700 quid. And he had them pegged at like two grand. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, well, I, th- um, I think if you were to, if we, you take away what we know about Reverend and actually just looked at their guitars, I, I really think it would be, that's not too ridiculous. It's a unique shape, the, incredible finish. The necks are always high quality. The hardware's amazing. The, I, the I, thing, I, the killer thing for me about always about the Reverend stuff and whether this is Re- Reverend themselves, which I suspect it is, um, but I think also probably is de- some of it's down to uh, Merchant City is that all the guitars are incredibly set up like yeah and actually uh, you know i think i do think a lot of it's down to reverend because even that second hand one that i bought the charger 290 um it just played so well um and the guy had had it for a few years because it was one of the original ones with the slightly different pit guard and slightly different control layout um and it just the build quality is amazing but it is that neck is how the edges of the fretboard are rolled. It's the quality of the fretwork. Just all of that all just feels absolutely amazing. And they feel like, like Matt's colleague said, they feel like an expensive boutique guitar, yeah. but then they're, you know, six, seven hundred quid. Amazing. Yeah, they are. Oh, God, even this conversation is making me want to... <laughs> I'm on the website right now. I think, the, um, you know, for me, like, you just, you go on their website and you run down the spec and you're like, they just, they are, you know, they've really thought about every little bit i mean you know custom jack plate it's not just like an off-the-shelf one it's got the reference logo on six bolt neck plate so again you know that's not off the shelf and one thing i hadn't really ever clocked before was the triple tree string tree that goes across the low three strings um rather than doing two across the the upper strings obviously it's got the reverse headstock oh okay um, yeah of course so um yeah it was just great and then obviously the wilkinson trem the way they've set this particular one up is it's like super super smooth but you can effectively like dive bomb it because you've got locking tuners stays in tune really really well yeah um but what i really liked is the is the pickup i was i wasn't sure you know how i'd get on with such a high output pickup it's like 13.3k so it's like really really high output but what's interesting is because obviously all the reference have the bass contour you know if it gets a bit boomy you can just roll off a little bit more of that of that of that bass oh yeah i forgot about Um, the bass contour so is that is that the is there three knobs volume tone and bass contour? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yes. Um, so yeah, f- for me it felt like we turn that off. What the bass contour? Turn that. Turn all the bass off. Turn yeah. all the bass Don't off. Don't want any of the bass on at all. No, I, bass I agree. At all. Take the top two. Take the bottom two strings off. Much better. <laughs> uh, do do what that guy do what that guy from Crazy Town did and just never have a high E string. High E or low E? High E. Never had a high E no, string. Never had a high E. No, string. he would. It would be like that's that's the best string. What was the dude's name? You talk, and I'm going to look. This John Frusciante. Okay. I mean, John Frusciante <laughs> definitely needs a high E string. He was. He he played on that. He played that lick, didn't he? Uh, yes, bow, something like that. Bow, bow, Band members. Bow. His name. That, was... that song is a Red Hot Chili Pepper song. Yeah, that I know. They took the riff from. I know. It's John. That's what I'm saying. That's why he's John Frusciante, isn't it? I don't no, I don't think they sampled it though. It was um it was no, also he wrote that lick. Oh right. Sorry, I thought you meant I assume. Like, I mean I assume it. he was playing yeah, guitar at that point. Yeah, yeah. He's um, always on But yeah, off, all, all in all, just a great guitar, and especially if you're after like a kind of Les Paul Junior type vibe, uh, but want something a bit different. 
I just think for 700 quid, you just can't go wrong. Yeah. It's absolutely great guitar. They were definitely, yeah, absolutely incredibly cool. It was also lovely to meet Ken from, uh, from yes. Reverend as well. He yes. was over from the States. So uh, that was... Super uh, tall man. Yeah, he must... He was, he was about six foot five. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, six foot nine inches of uh, of guitar geekery right there. He was uh, he was absolutely brilliant. Loved but the what? brand, loved everything he was doing and was, was, was you know, double my height. Yeah, and um, one thing I didn't realise, because I asked him, I was like, how long, because obviously we've been talking about Reverend for a while, how long Reverend's actually been going? He was like 23 years. Wow. Yeah. I had like, I had no idea. And he was like, oh, there's some cool, he was, uh, you know, he was a listener of the podcast and he was like, oh, yeah, really? in the video yeah. and stuff oh, like wow. that. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And um, he like, what? what we do and you know whether the i'm guessing i don't know how the suggestion of the pink guitars came about because i'm sure we, when we talked to merchant city before they were like <laughs> Mate, uh, come on don't with every pink guitar us. that comes out is that what <laughs> yeah, you're talking yeah, about always now uh, a brand who you haven't yet to uh, convinced to release a pink guitar one, just before you go down that route uh-huh. I, I need to ask matt an important question yes matt, if it's one in is it one out yeah yes it oh, is so what's going uh, I'm. I, I think I'm sure I said on the podcast before. Maybe I didn't, but I think I've decided to sell the Charvel. I have. I honestly, no, I got it. Wow. Okay. I got it. Um, too, too I got it last pink. February, and like I said, I actually think it's an amazing guitar, and it's incredibly well spec. But it's just not the kind of guitar that I've realised. It plays great. It sounds great, but it's not a guitar that I just play all the time. I just don't think um, it's a good guitar. <laughs> you out of order. <laughs> I, th- I think if you're like you know, if you're sort of yeah, you know, more of a rock lead, like shreddy kind of player. Yeah. They're actually really, really good. But for me, it's like, I just can't get the best out of it. Yeah. Um, so I think I've decided to sort of move that on. I haven't, I, you know, I played it quite a bit and I took it to demos at the Fuzz Guitar Show and um, a couple of other ones over the summer. And then I was like, I just haven't really played it for like six months. It's um, um it's a shame it's not the, um, the Paisley Strat that you're moving on. Never. Why would you well, want to buy I'd it? Buy it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm so, I'm so annoyed when Matty bought that because I was I was there at the time. Oh really? And I he just he got there before me. Oh, yeah, a wonderful guitar, a wonderful guitar. Well bought, well done, Matthew. Now another brand that we uh, that we checked out that were fantastic was Eastman, and me and Mark were absolutely <sighs> gutted that the new. Uh, junior style guitars haven't landed yet. I think also so um, excited. the uh, the chap that on the booth whose name escapes me at the moment. Uh, I think he was also gutted because pretty much everyone, everyone had who'd been come asking. up to the booth and was like, oh, "Have you got the you got the new juniors? Then the, you know single cut junior, double cut junior? No, they're not here. They you know they announced the classic Nam stuff. Announced <laughs> the Nam not out till later in the year. Yeah, that was uh, yeah they um, that that was a massive shame. They still have like an awful lot of. Uh, they had a, had a load of absolutely fantastic guitars there. It was the first time I'd seen um, their black um, uh, sort of custom style um, single cut as oh, well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, SB, not 56, 55, is it? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be able to answer that. Uh, but <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> Do you know about a thing called Google? SB57. Uh, which is the black with gold hardware, the sort of like Black Beauty yeah. Gibson. Oh, it was, that was absolutely lovely. I just think things like what, things that Eastman do really well are that sort of uh, um, that sort of hand rubbed finish, the the light lacquer checking, um, the, yeah, the sort of tarnishing of the gloss. They're so the finishing on all of the 
Eastman stuff is just brilliant. I thought on the black when it just when it you get that sort of matte look, but matte through wear, it just uh, it, it it looks fantastic and i thought they were they were brilliant so it's such a shame to not see the juniors but i, I actually really like their jazzer and i'm looking on the website now and i can't find what model that is they have but quite a few different jazz models and they've actually started ex- expanding recently to do sort of weird offset or more modern style jazz guitars they introduced some interesting f holes which were like double um they were they were kind of uh, sort of uh, eclipse they were sort of circular Long circles. Ah. What are long circles called? Ellipses. <laughs> ellipses. I said eclipse. eclipse. I meant ellipse. There we go. A totally, a totally eclipse of the fart. I think, <laughs> I think the one they um, they had there was the El Ray, which is their kind of yeah that sort of weird sort of uber modern looking sort of jazzer with one neck pickup yeah. on it. Yeah. Um, I thought they looked great. Yeah, they were absolutely fantastic. Now, um, I'm going to start trying to get through a few more brands here because we've still got a load and I really want to include everyone in this podcast. Thankfully, the Patreon episode is going to be, as we've we've listed the last couple of weeks, it's uh, Gear of the Decade. It is Gear of the Decade, It tends to to be quite a short episode, (laughs) so it's it's no worries. We'll probably be done by Friday. Yeah, yeah, this this will be extra long. Okay, so the next thing was my absolute favourite thing officially favourite thing from uh, the Guitar Show UK 2020, other than the bar. (laughs) No, the bar wasn't that good. It was, the Guinness was expensive and they only had one type of tequila. It was £5. um, And it was £2.50 for a tequila, which I thought was expensive. What what time were you there until? 4.30. Why were you drinking tequila at (laughs) 4.30? I had a really long train journey ahead of me. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, anyway. So, um, uh, so the my absolute favourite thing was the Iverson Fillmore um, that was there. That was actually uh, announced at um, at the uh, the guitar show. It was the first time it had been on display. So the Fillmore was. Um, uh, uh, from Iverson. Iverson are a guitar company that that make fantastic junior style guitars in single and double cut, and that really is the bread and butter of the company. We've spoken about them a bit before. They're the we... ones with the name that we struggle to read. Yes, because I yes. couldn't find them for ages because yep. I was like, I can't find Luvison anywhere, and it, it, and I tried like Luvison. I tried. Can you Iowison. stop talking, please? Because yeah. Mark has got a picture up on his screen that looks absolutely incredible. Yeah. Oh, this is what the Fillmore is. Yes. Yes. So that's the Fillmore. The Fillmore. This looks amazing. Is a coronet. It's it's yeah. uh, so uh, so it's called the Fillmore because it's a tribute to um to, Phil to Moore, the guy who invented the coronet <laughs> to Iverson's hero uh, Steve Marriott and uh, and he he actually took this. The measurements are taken from his friend's sixty three coronet. Um. So so yeah, he's gone for mahogany body, rosewood fingerboard. He's offering it in two thicknesses as well, which is quite nice. Um, so you can get a thick or a thin version of the coronet, either sort of in line with the common modification of the coronet or the uh, or, or the original, which is very very cool. Um, single P ninety in the in the bridge in this. He did this one in shoreline gold with a a double sided white scratch plate, and it looked absolutely yeah. I mean that looks amazing, incredible. How the, much are they? Oh, I believe I they know. start I, at two two nine yeah. nine. Okay, so yeah, that. So I mean, they're they're cheaper than I mean, the satellite. Yeah. Where versions. else are you going to get a coronet? Like, well, yeah, this is the thing: guys, is yeah. satellite. So satellite. My understanding, and I'm sure I've read, just looking on their website to try and see if I could confirm what I thought. But I'm I'm pretty sure the satellite 
actually bought the they bought the patent or something. Right. Oh, really? Um, when it, oh, I'm just having a look here. I think they bought the patent for the coronet when it expired, which is why they're able to build it and call it the coronet. I see. Um. But anyway, that aside, uh, that looks fantastic. It's absolutely so when, fantastic. So when I was over at NAMM, we went to uh, Guitar Centre on Sunset Boulevard or Hollywood Boulevard, wherever it is. And um, they had a couple of coronets in there. And they just, they're so, they've got, they're, I just, there's so much money. Right. There's yeah. so much money. So just, you know, these seem like a decent, it, it seems like a decent price for them. Do you know what it's I mean? It's a decent like, price for an incredibly built guitar. Yeah. Some great options from from the shop, anyway, as well. Like if you know, depending on what you want to do with it. And the thing for me with Iverson, and this is a, a big thing for me with these sort of uh, retro style guitars, absolutely nailed the headstock. Um, right, a really, really nice headstock, which I, I mentioned to them when I was uh, was there. That it was a really good headstock, and uh, it's a really interesting story about how he came up with the design based on a um, a silhouetted photograph of Marilyn Monroe, and that's how he did the. <laughs> He he based the the cut of the headstock on either oh, side, right. uh, which is which is such a wonderful story. When I was like talking about the fact that oh, I genuinely do care about a headstock on a Gibson style guitar. Like how do you uh, how do you how do you nail a, a, a Gibson style headstock without being far too Gibsony? Yeah, and, yeah, uh, and, and and yeah, just I thought it was great that there was a a, a decent story with that. Sorry, that was that was my computer beeping because I. <laughs> I'd clicked on a picture of the Fillmore that had taken me to Facebook and everyone's contacted me there, so yeah. I apologise. Anyway, um, yeah, the Iverson Guitars. Did you have a chance to check them out? Did uh, not have a chance. Mark? Again, one of those booths that I wanted to get to and then whenever every time I went past it, I'd probably did about eight laps of the venue by that point. Um, always really busy. Couldn't, yeah. couldn't get to yeah. it. Yeah. So have they I got any to... UK retailers? No, you so know. you buy them directly off of the site because it's all custom builds. He just said, had some cool examples of the stuff he had there. So he had a lovely Double Cut Junior, but also he's recently introduced a... It's not quite a Les Paul, it's not quite a Junior. So it has a bit of a carve on top, but not quite a full carve. And then it's kind of got a bit of that 50s rock and roll vibe. So it's an incredibly lacquer-checked metallic gold top with a lovely like tiger stripe scratch plate, but also matching tiger stripe uh, truss rod cover on the headstock. And it has that sort of Billy Joe you know sort of 50s rockabilly vibe to it. It's very, very cool, but that really tucked in on the... Uh, um, it, on the the bit, what do you, the bit, the bit where you put your leg, you know, the bit where it goes in. In the uh, middle, I usually put my legs in my trousers. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> They're you know not. What, I'm saying. what are you talking about? It's like thin. It's like it's like it's been squeezed. Thinner. The waist of the guitar. The waist of the guitar. <laughs> Thank you. That's. <laughs> where you put your legs? You know where you put your legs. Yeah, where it rests on your legs. I really but wonder you... about you sometimes. Yeah. Well, it's it's fine. But yeah, the. <laughs> But a fantastic uh, other model. Um, we also checked out uh, Gordon Smith, speaking of uh, Les Paul Juniors, which, of course, have a fantastic range I'm of I'm not guitars. sure they'd appreciate that segue. Uh, oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's another booth that I just couldn't get to. What no. did you so, do? So Mark, busy. what did I, you do? I, I told you, he, I, he left you got there, two went hours straight, after went straight he left. To, went straight to go and buy a coffee. I didn't. I did not buy a coffee. Went I didn't go to the bar. Straight to I the had, coffee. Oh, I, it took me. I spent longer because I went to, to the bar. To Matt, spent, I went to the bar and the bar was at 10 a.m., the bar was shut. I was like rattling on the cases. Joe was not smashing Joe's his head against the spoons. They didn't open the bar till midday. Of course they didn't, because you're supposed to be a grown up. 
Also, uh, liquor licenses are very complicated. Yeah, it was weird. When we got there, Joe just started smashing his head against the uh, shutters. It was really like awesome. a, smashing my head. I like was a, rattling the shutters. Hello, please. His booze sense was tingling. His skin was just vibrating because he was so close he to did, it. It's weird. He did that thing like, um, what's his name? A bit like Clarissa Explains It All or Tombs from the X-Files where he just sort of liquidised himself and he went through the bar and then... like the the Terminator 2 yeah exactly that T2000 T I preferred the tombs from the X-Files DT2000 yeah yeah you know I, I know my stuff it was vintage yeah I we, I should we end this podcast? We feel like I've been going out like <sighs> three got, hours long isn't it I know but we've got so many things to talk about can we get in a handful more things because uh, we do sure. have time, we do have time. There is, there is time. We're not, we're not overrunning. We're not overrunning just yet. So Gordon Smith, they have some fantastic single and no cut Les Paul Juniors. Yeah, these I aren't d- new though. We saw them at the show, the last show that we went to. Did we? Yeah, we saw them the at one. the London guitar show. Joe wasn't there. I wasn't there. Oh well, that's why. Uh, um, right. Yeah, they look super cool. They're very um, traditional in the. But they've it, done modern colours. Yeah. Uh, well, you say modern colours. They're like. You know, like pastel colours. Pastel, yeah, like yeah. 50s colours. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Not modern at all. <laughs> but, you know, really modern colours from the 50s. You know, like Fiesta Red and, but you know, the, Daffy yeah. Blue, the, classic. The No Cut Junior is not available on the Gordon Smith website. I can't find it anywhere. Uh, should be. Yeah, they're, they're, they're available no, everywhere. Website, I was looking earlier because I, despite them being neighbours to us, I only kept looking over the booth and didn't actually get a chance to even go and play a couple. But they had, um, the one that caught my eye was some sort of, um, S-type shell pink HSS guitar um, that basically looked like the Charvel and I was like I wonder what that guitar is I need to find out about it now and I've gone on their website and their shop has very little about all of the new stuff I've seen yeah. over the last sort of six yeah, months yeah virtually nothing which is a which is a little bit of a of a shame really but um, but yeah they were very cool especially like a no cut Les Paul Jr pastel blue single p90 yeah i mean and and judging by gordon smith's prices that's it's probably gonna be 700 pounds actually yeah uh, heading up they were actually more expensive than that and i was gonna say if you want to find what guitars they were uh merchant city music um at guitar.co.uk actually have them in stock and they actually have one in shell pink um what? they're a bit more money aren't they like eight nine nine they are like eight nine uh, nine yeah. yes Another interesting thing that Gordon Smith had released was a um, Charvel DK24. <laughs> well, the, the, the S style that Matt was just talking yes. about. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. One, the one I literally just talked about. Oh, I thought you were saying... No, I, he was I thinking about drinking something. No, I thought you were saying this, the no-cut. I didn't realise you mean uh, you were saying that I, I missed S style. I apologise. <laughs> he, was, he, was he, he was trying to be diplomatic because I'm here. Yeah. Oh, right. I'm trying to avoid saying strat because... Yes, right. I don't understand what S-style means. Just say strat. <laughs> You've only been doing this podcast strat. for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, three, okay. Three so, here, well, so is that just this podcast, Matt? You mean this episode? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So moving on from uh, from Gordon Smith. From taking the piss out of me. Um, Anna Sounds. Anna Sounds were there. Um, as they are every year, and this year with the spinner, which we haven't got round to we, talking it's about. On, it's been on a list of news to talk about since the first week of January. I think, I think it's like it's been uh, listed at one of us to talk about at yeah. least at least once. I think it's because so none I, of us really um, understood fully how it worked, and now yeah, and so, I went and had quite a lengthy demo on it. So uh, yeah, what about you, man? Well, were they close I to the bar? I was going to say you actually had a demo because I've yeah. been reading the press release for the last two or three weeks, so I know exactly. <laughs> 
uh, how to do it. So if you've uh, if you've uh, had the demo, then uh, you go ahead. Um, well, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I was quite a few drinks in by the time I was there, so I might need oh, your help. You want me but, to do it? You know, it was ten forty-five, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. So the spinner is used as an expression control for the new Anna Sounds tremolo, um, and this is the the spinner itself. There's a picture of it on our Instagram comes with a, a kind of a large disc on the uh, on the front of the pedal. It looks like a Tazo. Yeah, a bit a bit like a Tazo. It's, so it's it's, it's very like a fidget spinner. Yeah, it's very thick it's and very substantial and quite and quite wide. And the idea is that it's, it's robust enough that you can kick it. So you can kick it into motion and it will, this motion will, you know, will work as, as it would anything spinny that you flip around. So it will go quickly and then it will gradually slow down. And it works on a, on a light sensor in the pedal. So as, you're, um, as the arms of the spinner are, uh, are you know, blocking the light on the on the sensor of this pedal that will activate with your tremolo in order to create a, a kind of rather than a consistent sound it will speed up and and gradually slow down yeah which is incredibly interesting and you can have that do anything from you know the absolute extremes to being quite a subtle mellow um uh thing so yeah uh it it was it was an incredibly original take on expression via tremolo i do like that sort of thing just like something very tactile and uh very different. Yeah. Incredibly different. Really easy to make weird sounds with. And I feel yeah. like this is something that Anasound have been going after recently since they introduced, obviously, their three tiers of reverb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the it's all very, the in brute. a world where like a lot of pedals are digital and, you know, still great pedals. But the fact that they've made things recently that are like more hands-on than any other pedal I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think is, is pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think they've got plans to sort of make their other pedals in the future sort of compatible with that particular expression because obviously um the spinner will only work with their ages trem or their silver trem um you can't use it as an expression pedal for other things yes oh, that's as strange okay. yeah it does have to be used with that but um but uh, an absolutely fantastic pedal i had an awful it's, lot of um it. it's it's designed to i think because obviously they've built these trem these trem pedals with this expression thing in mind so it's designed to be you know i think kind of really work hand in hand because i thought the same thing but i think the way that they've i mean who knows maybe they'll be able to integrate it but maybe it doesn't output in the same way that another expression pedal would or another pedal that might be able to kind of work yeah properly and again you know if you're you know trem is on and off and if the sensor is on and off there's not many expression i don't it's it's not like a like a wall pedal or something is it where you're going from zero to a hundred it you know so many pedals would just go from the slowest speed to the fastest speed which would be very weird if you were doing like a, a phaser or tem tempo on the delay it just went yeah. from zero milliseconds to like two seconds yeah um be but very bizarre but it certainly was, I thought, really cool, really original, and the Anasounds pedals aren't aren't very expensive, so absolutely something worth getting yeah. involved in. And actually, one one different. other thing that I think the the the, the guys that um, Anasound are doing really well is um, they're doing a lot of masterclasses at all these events. They're now doing pedal build masterclasses. That's cool. I, think, I didn't yeah, know very, that at all. Very cool. Yeah, yes. really cool. Yeah, yeah. You could build one of their. I think you could build a boost pedal um, at the Birmingham Guitar Show, which I thought. Was oh, oh, that's very really cool. cool. Nice. 
Um, yes, when I checked this out, uh, uh, Alexander was actually over there doing that in, oh. in, in-house thing. When are you going to start doing that, Matty? Build your own MT2. Yeah, well, I was actually <laughs> saying to... Who was I, who was I talking to? Um, I think I was talking to Phil from Pedal Patch about this, that when I was actually living out in Japan, we did, uh, just before I left... About a week before I left, we did a fan event where it was build your own DS1. Oh, really? Um, yeah, so everyone got like an unfinished DS1, got the circuit board, put everything together. Um, and then they all had, there was 20 and the serial number was fan 2017-001 all the way up to 020. I was like, man, they're instantly like... So collectible. collectible. boss pedal <laughs> yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah, Um so yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't allowed to make one. But yeah, <laughs> if you ever come across one in Japan, there are twenty unfinished DS ones with an official serial number of fan twenty seventeen. So That's look out for cool. those. Get it, bought. I certainly am. Very cool indeed. Now I've just got three more things. Can we get through three more? Only if you promise uh, not to do what you do every week on Gear of the Decade and try and be. Be tactical right. and political be correct, you mean. just be like look be when we correct. start talking about these weird um proto bases made out of twigs and we have to say no joe <laughs> you need to stop okay i promise okay, okay. no right. twig bases so, this week the the number one aluminium guitar company out of the uk drewman guitars were there and it's the first time i got to see them matt or mark did you get to check out nope. drewman guitars okay so i've been I, uh, I I've been checking these guys out for a little while on on Instagram and their website. Instagram seems to be where they sell the bulk of their guitars. But trying to find like you know an aluminium guitar company in the UK, so you're not like I've been really thinking about getting something recently in in aluminium. And and if I'm looking at America, I'm looking at a Travis Bean, you know, a secondhand Travis Bean, which is so much money, or an electrical guitar company, which again are even more money. Um, you know, they're, they're sort of, you know, you're looking at three grand plus. You've got TT Tides in Luxembourg, but in the UK, you've got Drummond guitars. Now, they. Is, it, is this a Spider Man, Spider Man uh, issue? Is it Drew Man or Drummond? It's Drummond. I okay. think his surname is Drummond. Okay, got it. Um, but uh, I assume that's what it is anyway. Um, but uh, anyway, so uh, these Drummond aluminium guitars were absolutely fantastic. They had an a a an aluminium flying V with a matching plate and neck. That sounds great. Uh, which was so cool. It's ridiculously cool. But that was actually their first foray into doing a neck as well, because normally they're they're wooden necks, which is how they managed to keep the price down so much on these. So they do like uh, these little Les Paul style bodies, slightly more modern. Um, you know, a little bit more dinky, but the uh, their Jaguar bodies are the most interesting. And they were showing me how they how they make those. So almost the reverse of Travis Beans, where Travis Beans were the neck and the rear pan of the guitar. These are the front pan of the guitar, and then they kind of bolt a metal sheet onto the onto the back. So right. the front pan is where they have all of the, um, um, I guess the sort of resonance discs and things. You know, the sort of. Uh, that like like what Gibson do when they're cutting holes in their pools to make them lighter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's what these guitars are kind of full of to increase the 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 resonance in them. Yeah. But fantastic, like um, Jaguar Jazzmaster style shapes with wooden necks, and you can actually buy from them just the bodies on their own, and then fit your own neck, which is a a really affordable way of doing it because you can get the body for sub a thousand pounds. Yeah. From from Dreaming Guitars, which uh, which I thought was. 
really, really good. But Telecasters as well. They had some Telecaster body shapes there, but just absolutely really excited to see what they do recently. Uh, next, they said they're going to be looking at doing baritones. I was trying to talk them into doing a bass, but, you know, it's not quite on their radar yet. But um, they're going to do some guitars purely made out of avocado. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're saying or where that's come from. But yeah, the uh, <laughs> that, different yeah. materials, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's right. But man, I, I'm a, you know, been listening to a lot of shellac recently and it's uh, it's really it's it's really intensifying my desire for something made out of metal. Um, but yeah, so Drooming Guitars, and it, I'm... You know regular guitars have bits that are made out of metal? I want more metal. Okay, fine. I want, like Dean or something? No, no, like... Dimaflange. No, no, I want I want it to be like... Schecter, Omen, Extreme. I want my Seven hands strings. to stick to it when I play in cold weather. That's what I want. Gotcha. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm after. Get yourself some, like, super glue. Just cover a bass neck in super glue. Yeah, I could do that. I could do that. Okay, so next thing, Dover Amps. Who got to check out Dover Amps? I did. You checked out Dover Amps? Oh, Matt, did you check out Dover Amps? I walked past them, um, but yeah, I had very little time because I had to work. um, So I had very little time to actually see anything. So I walked past and saw them. They looked very cool. Yeah, Dover Um, Amps, I think, I I I can't remember if it was actually their launch key from Dover Amps. It was. was. Yeah, so, oh my goodness, these were, they were absolutely fantastic. So there was a 50 watt head, a 20 watt head, 20 watt combo and pedal board amps as well, available for both bass and guitar and they also do a, a, a bass head that wasn't there and they do cabs so key who runs dover amps um used to used to work at high watt used to make high watt amplifiers and he's very much brought that british boutique high, extreme high quality into dover amps but he's managed to do it at an affordable price point which is outrageous the- and the, the thing that i like the most about them is you'd be hard pushed to tell what they sound like from how they look they've got very much a kind of uh modern look to them but they're not like overly metal you know they've got just little touches like recessed badge on the front yeah um because you know like some kind of vintage amps and stuff where they've just stuck a badge on there you you find that you know if you catch it the badge pops off and it's gone forever yeah whereas this is like recessed into the front plate um and there's just a few little kind of design tweaks on there that make it look like a very clean very modern amp um but obviously it's based on a classic design uh you know it's very much based around that kind of high watt design um the wiring inside looked so clean. Unbelievable. Yeah. Stealth wiring. Yeah, as, stealth as wiring, indeed. Um, and yeah, they, they look and sound fantastic. A- absolutely. So so I was there on sound. So they were also white, very much in line with the White Cliffs of Dover, which is also uh, behind the name of Dover Amps, based on uh, something that Key's grandfather had said to him about, uh, who was an RAF pilot, yeah. about when he was flying back. Uh, across the White Cliffs of Dover uh, at the end of the Second World War. And it was, uh, yeah, so so a, a lovely story behind the, the name as well. But certainly I agree, these, these amps were very broad. I thought they could do a metal thing, but they could also very much be uh, be quite traditional. So I was, yeah. I was in there playing SMP guitars, which... Um, which it traditionally have been quite modern, but SMP have recently introduced a range of of Telecaster style guitars. The quality of the necks on that, like the quality of wood SMP are using, is absolutely amazing. The bird's eye maple on those on those necks was unbelievably 
good. Like, I don't know where he's getting these words because it was they were fantastic. But I sat down to play one of uh, one of the telecasters and it was gorgeous. It was wonderful. It played amazingly. But I became aware it was the noisy time so I could play through the amp. I became the whole aware, thing was the noisy time. Well, yeah, true. But I became aware that it wasn't just, you know, the guitar that was sounding so good. It was this amp that I didn't at the time. I didn't know anything about Dover amps. It was just Dover amps were next to SMP. And it, it was then that I became aware that this amp sounded absolutely fantastic, even in the even in the noisy environment we were in. I was like, oh yeah, this this is a this is an absolutely wonderful piece of kit. That's a classic kind of high watt sound, though, isn't it? Like really cutting through, yeah. you know, that very distinctive um, sound. Yeah, the uh, the Dover stuff's really good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, listener, absolutely check out Dover amps. If they've just launched the company, they're incredibly new. Um, the prices are absolutely right on those on those amplifiers. I can see them getting bigger and bigger every year because Key was a wonderful fella, and the uh, uh, the amps themselves absolutely blew me away. Woo! I think is that are we done? Is we, that I'm sorry, everyone. Yes, I've really really pushed you guys this week, but we we are drawing to the end of this week's free episode. Now we just got to talk podcast. for an hour about what was best in 2014. There was so <laughs> there is so many more things I want to talk about this guitar show. It was one of the best guitar shows I've been to in we'll, a long long time. We'll be here next week. We will be. Maybe I'll talk about some more stuff then. Um, but yeah, to, uh, there are so many things I want to buy. So many things. I want an Iverson Fillmore. I want a Millimetric. I, I don't know what to Would do. Would they do a film more in Shell Pink? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. Sorry? I'm sure he will. Oh, okay, good. Okay. Yes, uh, but I think I want a millimetric bass. The MB4. No, in black. But I think I want one. Anyway, um, we're going to go over and do our Patreon so you can listen to an entire extra episode of Guitar Nerds every week over on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. You can also find it in the description of this podcast episode. This week on the Patreon episode, uh, it's going to be, what, the fourth, the fifth in our 10-part Guitar of the Decade series. Are we really only halfway um, through? Yes. yes. Yes, that's right. We're 2014 we're doing uh, this week, so that's going to be a bucket of uh, of, of fun. Um what? It's going to be a bucket of fun. Um, and anyway, yes, to become a Patreon boy, it costs only a dollar a month and you can enjoy the podcast ad-free and early every week. At the $5 tier, you can enjoy an entire extra episode like Gear of the Decade. Plus, you've got access to our entire back catalogue uh, of miniseries like Question Hole, Barcodes and the Friday Specials. And at the $10 tier, you can become an executive producer and enjoy all these benefits, plus the prestigious honour of having your name featured in our podcast outro song, which I will sing for you. And the glorious return of the podcast outro song as I've got my computer fixed. Anyway, you can follow us on all the major social channels with that Guitar Nerds, and you can join us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Guitar Nerds Forum. Thanks very much for tuning in. We'll be back next week with more of this Guitar Nerdery. Cheers, gang. Bye. Bye. Yes, I'm back. Back second crack for another Guitar Nerds extravaganza song. Here we go. Shorty, Michael Howe, Ryan Einsler, Jeffrey Wax, and Eric Himmel, Mario Duran, Brian Einsler, Kevin Landlinden, Jacob McGee, Marcus Alcoraki, Stuart Robson, Robert Butterworth, Neil Milton, Rob Barstow, Christian Lund Hansen, Keith Adams, Eric Fire, Andrew Cood, Mary Peters, Richard Sardworth, Jake Cutmore, Jenny Kemp, Matthew King. Like
Edwards, Nate Nagel, Stephen Burke, Aaron Sherman, Rob Grant, Matt Roberts, Dave Lee, and James Baker, Martin Cliff and Matt Bellamy, Jake Gray and Blake Wyland, Scott Kennedy, Christopher Loseth, Hansams, Derek Rich and Rob Nordvik, Steve Merkel, J.D. Short, Robin Smith, Connors Mancher, Brad Page, Andy McKenzie, Scott O'Brien, Paul Corrigan, Will Clare, and of course, the greatest of all, i.e. the person who's been backing us the longest, Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.